Hey there, this is the preview of the Partially Examined Life, episode 264, part 2 on Plato's Timaeus. In part 1, we gave an overview of Plato's cosmological system as conveyed through the character of Timaeus. In the second part, we really go back to the beginning of the dialogue and drill into some of the quotes, some of the details. I'm going to play you a section from right at the beginning of part 2, starting with a quote about the difference between the intelligible and the phenomenal realms, that is, the realm of being and the realm of becoming. Our starting point lies, I think, in the following distinction. What it is that always is, but never comes to be, and what is it that comes to be, but never is. The former, since it is always consistent, can be grasped by the intellect with the support of a reasoned account, while the latter is the object of belief, supported by unreasoning sensation, since it is generated and passes away, but never really is. That's his whole starting point, is that there is this distinction. Yeah, it's weird, because it's doing two different kinds of work here. I mean, ultimately, he will use that distinction to call his own story a likely story, right? A story about something that's becoming, and so not strictly knowledge of being. But also, it's a grounds, right, for some of the metaphysical stuff later on, being versus becoming, and identity and difference, and the way a third thing is generated to mediate between them, or maybe from their mixture, something like that which will turn out to be something like substance, which is perhaps identifiable with the receptacle. He gives that first premise about being and becoming, and then he moves on to two other axioms, basically, which is that anything created is caused, and then that the model, if there's going to be a model for some created thing, that that model cannot itself have been created if the universe is going to be beautiful and something that's done by a good craftsman. I feel like he's throwing some axioms at us, they're not like picked up and used in the most structured way, but they do get used. He's not making a proof with it. It's comparable to the proofs that we then see in Aristotle and Aquinas for the existence of God in that Timaeus is going to end up saying that the universe is eternal because it's better that way, right? Once you create it, you want to set it up so it has perpetual motion, so it keeps going. But then I think Aristotle said, well, if it's eternal, then it couldn't have a beginning. And you're saying the created universe is something that just sort of by its very definition is something that was created, yet it's going to continue perpetually. And then its ground is this model that could not have been created, that it's everlasting because it's changeless. It exists outside of time. You don't even get time in the created universe until you have the planets. The planets create time with their movement. This is weird. Yeah. The idea that movement creates time isn't so weird. That time is a derivative of movement. I mean, we sort of think of it as weird. But the idea that the fundamental thing is motion and that time is a derivative of motion as opposed to motion being a consequence of time, that's not totally crazy. Yeah, Locke wouldn't have liked it. Locke would not have liked it. I think the thing that Aristotle was pointing at, though, is that if you don't have time yet, then how could you have a creation? Like, what was before the creation? Before the craftsmen came along and spun the planets out and created all this? It sounds like you're using time language, but yet you're saying time doesn't exist yet. So is there two kinds of time? You just say that I'm forced to use time language because that's the way we understand it, but it perhaps could be understood in an atemporal way. In a sequential rather than temporal. Once you say that, it's just an image so we can understand it. Well, maybe the idea of the craftsman himself It's just a principle. It's not an intelligent being at all. It is the principle of intelligence in the universe, right? You really open things up in a way that Leibniz drawing on a Christian tradition that he was only deviating from in specified ways. Plato doesn't have that starting point, so he could really mean almost anything. Well, here's where 
Actually, a comparison to Leibniz is informative here because what is the model for the Leibnizian God? The Leibnizian God is like a computer and does a lot of number crunching, right? And says, okay, let's look at the entire terrain of possibilities. I'm going to create something. We know that. What's it going to be? Run the numbers. Go through every possible world. I am going to create the best possible one. Leibniz has a whole argument for who God is in virtue of that function, right? God is intelligent. God is an intelligent being because intelligence in will turn out to be the thing that is good at fixing one possibility out of many, right? The mind is just something that's sensitive to the domain of possibility. It can think of things that don't exist. And so Leibniz has that really interesting argument for the existence of God based on that. So You can compare that here to the required intelligence of a being that is using a model. You know, you might want to say, well, why couldn't the universe just have been created without a model? And here the answer seems to be, well, it wouldn't have been beautiful or blah, blah, blah. But you can argue for the concept of a model in a more abstract sense. I think Leibniz's variation on that, but you could do that in various other ways. I mean, maybe deep down what you want to say is that the universe is informational in nature. So even though to instantiate it, to make it corporeal, you know, you got to have atoms and, and all that stuff. If you're going to say it's something that is brought into existence, there has to be some informational basis for it. In the same way that there's DNA is an informational basis for the development of an organism and the imposition of form and phenotype on an organism. Does that make sense? You have to have a kind of informational seed or informative seed to get where you want to go. And that's one way of understanding the model. He brings up the model on, I guess it's page 19. So he says, you know, after going through the metaphysics that we're talking about earlier, that the craftsman is making something perfectly good that is based on something perfectly beautiful and uses intelligence. The next question to ask is which living being the maker made the universe in the likeness of. We're bound to rule out anything condemned by its nature to be partial because nothing touched by imperfection can ever be beautiful. But we shall affirm that there is nothing more similar than the universe to the whole of which all other living beings individually and collectively are parts. That whole which encompasses within itself all intelligible living beings, just as this world is made up of us and all other visible beings. By choosing as his model the most beautiful of intelligible beings, perfect and complete, that God made the world a single visible living being containing within itself all living beings that are naturally akin to it. This is a far cry from the forms. The forms seem very abstract. What the universe is is a model of an original And the original is an eternal thing, but it has all these intelligible beings in it. And so as the craftsman is creating stuff, he's like, well, I'm not quite done. I haven't put fish in there yet. There's fish in the original. So we got to have fish in the model in the actual living world too. Well, no, there's not fish in the model because the model is not a world of becoming. The model is more like DNA. The relationship between the model and the world of becoming is like the relationship between the DNA and the phenotype of an organism. The model is entirely abstract, otherwise it would just be a world of becoming. And that's precisely what he's saying here is that that cannot be the relation, which is exactly right. It cannot be a that we're just making a copy of another world of becoming with fish in it and stuff like that. Well, intelligible fish, maybe not visible fish. <laughs> so the reason you're saying that it's like DNA to phenotype is that the whole is somehow encapsulated in DNA. I won't quibble with the notion that DNA has the whole in it, but that's the idea, is that the whole 
of the individual living beings are contained within the whole of which all the living beings individually and collectively are parts, the whole which encompasses within itself all intelligible living beings. So this whole that is the model is not a homunculus, effectively, of the world, containing all the parts of the world, but it is like the world in that it's a perfect whole, and that the world itself and all the individual components are reflective of that. If he had said intelligible beings, right, the whole which encompasses within itself all intelligible beings, we would just read that as the forms. We'd be inclined to, knowing Plato. The model does sound on its face like it is the realm of the forms. It's just that we've got this weird twist on it where he's going to add living to it, intelligible living beings, and then it's the basis for cosmology, and it's got to be you know, a living being with a soul and all that stuff, so... Later on, it'll seem pretty clear to me that we were going to get the forms impregnating the receptacle as a grounds for understanding the existence of elements and then ultimately the triangular atoms that make up the elements. But here, I think the idea is that when you talk about creating a universe, you're necessarily talking about making a likeness of something. That's a really interesting idea, and it seems plausible in the sense that you are talking about this DNA phenotype relation that I was talking about, or you're talking about the creation of becoming, you are talking about some implied relation to being. You can't get around that, and that's what the model says. If that sounds like the kind of thing that you want to hear more about, then please go to partiallyexaminelife.com slash support and sign up for membership either on our site or on patreon.com slash partiallyexaminelife. Thanks for listening.